2: Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is where you are. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John and Joining me is...
1: Maggie Lovett. How
2: are you doing today, Maggie?
1: I am doing wonderful. You, weekend.
2: <laughs> you have got to be probably very excited about today's episode Uh, I am.
1: What to give it away?
2: I I don't even know. Um, So today we are, yes, going to be talking about the Doctor Who 60th Anniversary trailer. But before that, uh, we're going to be talking about the Stranger Things play having actually affordable tickets. Kind of a bit of a follow up to what we talked about a little bit yesterday. But before even that, Apple TV Plus is raising their prices and it's not a small price increase. No, no. It is a substantial price increase. According to our information, uh, their subscriptions, the monthly subscription is going from $7 to $10 per month. And their annual subscription is going from $70 to $100 a year. Uh, That is quite the bump up. Quite the increase. How are we feeling about this, Maggie?
1: I am not feeling good about it. Um, You know. (laughs) <laughs> Why
2: do we keep having to talk about the streaming price increases? Why is it always our episodes when this news breaks?
1: Apparently, it is our beat now. We are the bad news bears. If you like streaming, but yeah, it's not good. It uh, not good. Uh,
2: yeah, that is that is a substantial price increase, and it is like it is so. So infuriating to have to do that when the company just reported a profit of $19.8 billion. But apparently that wasn't enough. So they're going to uh, attack our wallets, just like every major corporation seems to do these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the thing is, is that Apple TV, like, I know that they have some really great shows. But to be honest with you, outside of Ted Lasso... I don't really. I don't think that anything that they put out is worth that substantial of a price increase. What What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think Apple TV Plus has uh, some fairly high quality uh, series, particularly some really good sci-fi stuff. Um, but I don't think any of it warrants this big of a price jump. And I think it it it's quite audacious to raise your price that much that fast when. Uh, We haven't really seen anything else that would draw people in. Like, obviously, there is some high-quality sci-fi stuff um, and, you know, a lot of people like it. But there's no big, like, draw. Like, what is coming out that they think people are going to spend a hundred dollars a year to watch when most people watch apple tv plus on a free trial that they get when they upgrade their iphones i mean that's when a lot of people i know binge through stuff that's on apple tv and there's not even a good catalog on apple tv that doesn't require you renting or buying a, a film that's in that catalog so it seems very strange to me that they're doing such a big jump after they started you know praising their you know big um big profit they found this year uh and again you know i think i said and the netflix episode of dailies uh it feels like a retaliation to the strike like you see these people got a fair deal so now you don't get a fair deal aren't they terrible people uh it feels like some sort of tactic and i don't like it
2: (laughs) and while they're not outright saying that like they're not Mm -hmm. coming out and saying that that's what they're doing. It is very like visibly what it seems mm-hmm. to be doing. And honestly, I would not be surprised if when the SAG after strike comes to an end, when they get their deal, it would not surprise me at all if they like publicly said it. Like, oh, yeah. It I, you, know that, gonna you know, there's going to be stuff
1: that comes out in the trades that's going to uh, not make things look good because that's the game that they've been playing the entire time with their little crisis PR. Yeah. But Apple
2: is just the next in a long line of streaming services that have felt that they need to increase their prices uh, to, I don't know, try to fleece you of more money, I guess. Uh, But moving on from that bummer news, let's talk about something getting a little bit more affordable. Now, yesterday yesterday, Uh, Maggie, we were talking about the Hunger Games stage play. And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that, you know, like having an adaptation like this might be, you know, a good a good way to bring in younger audiences or stuff, bring them into theater. But then you posited like, okay, but theater is so expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, here comes Stranger Things with a way to see their stage play for fairly inexpensive for about 19 uh for about 19 pounds 20 pounds ish mm-hmm. you'll be able to get in to see the first shadow a stranger things stage play when it debuts the thing though is is that uh you have to enter a lottery to be able to win the chance to pay oh. that low price for the tickets
1: which is fairly commonplace on the West End for a lot of their productions but it does seem to be at least trying to make there be you know this opportunity for more people to see it that might not be able to spend 200-300 dollars to see a play um and I also have to say like even though I'm not a fan of Stranger Things uh by any means I do appreciate that they're not just like rehashing the series that this is something set I believe before the series and it's new characters, new opportunities, new stories. And I think that's really fun. That's a fun way to engage with an existing um, form of media. Yeah.
2: I think that it's, it's this, I think might be doing stage adaptation better than like Mm -hmm. the hunger games stage play, which is just straight up an adaptation, which I Mm -hmm. guess would mean to, to its credit, the other young adult stage play. Um Was like a a new story. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a very good news. <laughs> it, it was a new story, but um, I
1: also did that in book form, which was it, like I yeah. thought was was weird. Be like, here's this book, and now it's gonna be a play. Uh, and neither I read I the did. book and
2: was not thrilled. <sighs> um, but yeah, I think that you know, there being a way for you to get these quote unquote shadow seats, um, is you know, is nice and it is a mm-hmm. good effort. As I said yesterday, I I would love for more people to be able to experience theater, whether it's an adaptation or its own thing. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's still a bummer that it has to be a lottery. That's not yeah,
1: and I have to say, you know, the next the next thing we're talking about um, features two performers who I saw on twenty five pound tickets that were rush tickets when they were in Much Ado About Nothing uh, on the West End. So it is definitely a, a fun way when you have these cheaper tickets to get access to shows that are a little bit out of your price range.
2: Yeah, because theater is so wonderful. Like, movies are fantastic. I love going to movie theaters and watching movies on the big screen. But there is also something to be said about an actual live performance. It Mm -hmm. is a completely different kind of experience. Now, Maggie, you pointed out that you don't really care for Stranger Things that much.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Um, is there anything that you do like?
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know. That's I feel- my segue.
1: <laughs> I think there is somebody who I like. <sighs> I don't know. Who
2: might that be? Doctor Who. Ah, yeah, the the main crux of today's episode, the Doctor <laughs> Who 60th anniversary special, got a trailer. Uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of kind of stuff that we had seen already, but we did get to see a little bit more of Neil Patrick Harris's celestial toy maker doing yeah. toy makery things, being wild and wacky, and sitting on a massive what looked like cannon at one point. Uh, yeah, this looks this looks great. This looks fantastic. It does like so much fun. Uh. What are you how are you feeling on this, Maggie? Like you are you are a you are a big Doctor Who fan. I'm a pretty big one myself, but you are massive. So give me with the sonic give me your give me your thoughts on the trailer what did you think about
1: it i am so excited um from the very beginning of the announcement that you know russell t davies was coming back whose storytelling i always really liked uh with the the who that he helmed and then that combination of david tenet coming back and Catherine tate who are like two of my favorite performers in the who verse the who universe um that's words you only write and don't say out loud i don't recommend it does not flow (laughs) off the well, um, but I love their story so much and I'm really curious to see how they're going to work around the fact that, you know, Donna Noble will die if she remembers who the doctor is and like that's a key component of this trailer and the fear that he doesn't think he can save her this time, uh, definitely pulled at the heartstrings of like my nostalgia for their season, uh, and their like their story. And so I'm I'm feeling a lot of things uh, I am in a glass case of emotions to um <laughs> to joke about that one uh Doctor Who gift that everybody are always used uh of david tennant so yeah i'm I'm excited and I'm also really excited to uh see more about Donna's daughter, who I guess is seemingly named Rose, which I think is a really fun um kind of play on the fact that she remembers some things clearly from her time with the doctor, so I'm very excited.
2: I was like, I am, I am exceptionally excited for Donna to be back. She, she was my favorite companion probably. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I love that she, like her sassiness was able to just like offset some of the doctor's whimsy and wackiness. Um, and so I felt that she was, she was so brilliant. So bringing her back, I'm super excited about, um, I, I just want to ask Maggie, like you are a big Doctor Who fan. Who yeah. is your favorite doctor? Like who is the doctor for you?
1: Well, I obviously really love David Tennant. I love 10 um, and, and 10 and a half. Uh, And I guess he's now, you know, he's back. But my favorite Doctor is actually Nine. Um, Christopher Eccleston was my introduction to Doctor Who. I had seen some of, like, the original Who on, like, PBS as a kid. Uh, But it was The Empty Child that was my first, like, I sat down and watched Doctor Who and experienced Doctor Who for the first time. And uh, Nine has just forever ingratiated himself into my heart. So Nine will always be my Doctor. And Christopher Eccleston is just so so great
2: i do really enjoy nine i like i like nine a lot i wish that nine nine would probably be my favorite if we got more of him Mm -hmm. um which i understand like eccleston didn't want to be the doctor forever um i feel like it's kind of backfired now he sort of is the doctor (laughs) forever um but uh 10 is is my favorite um And I feel like saying that 10 is my favorite is kind of cheating a little bit because I feel like at least the Rose era of Mm -hmm. 10 feels like leftovers from Eccleston. Like, it's like they had this planned out and then Eccleston left and they're like, oh, crap, like, let's just use what we had planned and just a new guy. Um, But then, you know, Martha and Donna and all that, like, I, I loved his era overall and I felt that. Tenet like he he did the whole like i'm I'm fun and I'm whimsical, but I have like this deep pain underneath, like yeah. he did it the best out of the doctors who did that, like Matt Smith, I like the way that he does it, but he's almost a little bit too over the top for me, um a little bit too ridiculous in his like over uh overcompensating for the fact that he's this very damaged individual whereas Tenet had like a subtlety to it that I yeah. I enjoyed a lot and I am excited to see him back I'm a little I'm a little wishy on like how and yeah. like why and so I guess like watching that is going to be a thing although I also I didn't watch any of, of Whitaker um, mm-hmm. I stopped about halfway through Capaldi I actually it was the like Cybermen mm-hmm. on Earth thing yep. was where I stopped um, so I don't know if there is something leading into it that is going to help explain it or if it's going to be fully explained as we go on. They're saying that Tenet is the 14th Doctor. It's not mm-hmm. like he's like this weird in-between, like he is the 14th Doctor. So yeah, do, you I'm very curious. do you have
1: any theories? I don't. The only theory that I can think is because it is connected to Donna that somehow the toy maker, if he's going after Donna, like, manipulated the, you know, regeneration specifically to, like, trigger Donna. Because obviously if it was any other doctor, it probably wouldn't trigger whatever he's trying to do. So I guess it depends on, like... Is the is the toy ma- maker behind everything? That's kind of like my working theory right now off the trailer. But I also know Russell T. Davies loves red herrings. Uh, so there could just be any variety of, of things that he could come up with uh, to explain it. All I know is I'm excited for it. I think... It is a really great way to kick off a new era, to get people back engaged with Doctor Who, because I don't think you and I are the only people who kind of fell off with Capaldi. Uh, and I think it, it will hopefully bring in, you know, old Whovians, new Whovians alike to uh, welcome in our 15th Doctor. So, Well,
2: and there is there is like a super solid bridge to Old Who because the Toymaker is a really old Dr. Mm-hmm. Who villain. He was a first doctor villain and we haven't really seen him. Like I think he mm-hmm. appeared in a comic yes uh, at one point and that's it and then he was like mentioned a couple of times but so having him be in this 60th special is I think is is a really solid bridge between the old and the new, the the, you know, ancient and the modern. Uh not to say that 60 <laughs> years is ancient, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's a great way to just, like, pay respect to the entirety of Doctor Who and not just, like, the new Who. Um, and, you know, it's it's truly a 16th anniversary because it is, like you're saying, bridging the gap between new and old, which I think is a, a great way to go about it. And, you know, Russell T. Davies has always been pretty good at at playing into stuff from the deep past of yes. of Doctor Who.
2: And if you want to watch the 60th anniversary special, it will be available on Disney Plus in the U.S. on November 25th. So if you are somebody in the U.S., you can watch it there. If you're in England, obviously you watch it the way that you watch Doctor <laughs> Who. Uh, so get over there. Check it out. I'm going to be watching it. I might actually try to catch up before then. Watch you know, the rest of Capaldi, all of Whitaker. Get into where we're at and then watch it. Um, it has been, as I said, several years since I've watched, so I've got a lot to catch up on. But I think it'll be pretty good. Maggie, do you have any uh, any further thoughts that you want to close out the show
1: on? Gosh, I have so many Doctor Who thoughts, but this is not the Doctor Who podcast. This, you know this
2: what? Is... I'll <laughs> allow it for today. Hit me with hit me with one of those thoughts.
1: Oh gosh, no, I'm just thinking about the the potential of like the banter between Donna and the Doctor because that was, I mean. Catherine tate and david Tennant play off each other so well uh, and i always chemistry whenever i am like feeling down and i need a laugh i still go back to their red nose day um charity special with the him as a teacher and that whole thing it's like the funniest sketch that i've i've seen in a very long time and i always go back to that and i'm just excited to see if they play into some of the like more iconic moments for the Dr. Donna uh, throughout the time, you know, the, the tapping on the glass and being like, Oh my God, from, you know, the, the, her first introduction and like all those various little things as she remembers. Cause I feel like she's going to have to remember. That seems yeah. like where they're going. And I'm just really excited to see what they're going to do with that because I, I love Donna. She is second to Rose, my, like my favorite companion. So
2: all I had to say is they better not kill Rose. Like, or not Rose, sorry, Donna, <laughs> Yeah, they better not kill Don.
1: They shouldn't kill Rose either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not, not Rose Tyler.
2: It's yeah, no it, death.
1: I don't want to die at the holidays. I can't do. I know the Brits love devastating people on the holidays, but I can't do it. I can't do it
2: anyways uh now that that is the end of our show we want to know are you excited for the doctor who 60th anniversary special be sure to let us know down in the comments or you can reach out to us on twitter or x or whatever that heck that platform is called today um reach out to us let us know also you know tell us your feelings on apple tv raising their prices like 40 percent like it's a pretty substantial increase uh let us know your thoughts and uh The show will be back tomorrow with Steve and Perry, who are going to be interviewing someone. So be sure to jump in and check that out. Uh, But until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend or going into your weekend. It's Thursday for us. It's going to be my weekend. Uh, Maggie's waving at you with her sonic. Uh, (laughs) Have a good one.